This is the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast Show, hosted by Bo Finley and Brant Walker. Welcome back to another episode of the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast. This week is the start of season two. Going to be some big things happening on the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast. We're going to be giving you all kinds of updated coverage of the offseason, the draft. We're going to go into all the things that you all want to hear from a fantasy podcast, the mock drafts, the player rankings, the player projections. We're going to cover it all. And we're going to start today by breaking down this year's rookie quarterback class. Well, before we get into that, we're going to break down the franchise tags, which just yes, ended today. Yes, so there um, is some off-season news to cover, obviously, yeah, the franchise absolutely. tags. Uh, franchise tag, we know uh, Kenny Galladay will not be well, staying with the Lions. hang on a minute. There's one thing that's got to be brought up before we get into franchise tags, and that one thing is Dak Prescott got paid. Dak Prescott got paid. Do you think they're having buyer's remorse already? Uh, I would think probably not because that division was wide open all year last year. And had the Cowboys have had consistent quarterback play, they by far have the most skilled offense in that division. Absolutely. Um, and obviously, you know, they went from the number one overall offense in, in the NFL uh, to, to like the mid-20s after Prescott's gruesome uh, leg injury. So first of all, let me say congratulations to Dak. Absolutely. Uh, you know, after watching him, what happened last year, you definitely realize how important that man was to that to that team. Um, so yeah, it was definitely good to see Dak get his money. If you're a Amari Cooper, uh, Michael Gallup, uh, Elliot, Elliot, uh, CD Lamb, Schultz, Jarwin owner, um, you're excited after that news broke. Your 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 fantasy value for those players. If you're is a Dak happy. owner in Dynasty. You're extremely excited you're, right now. Absolutely. If you're a Cowboy fan in general, you're happy. Which um, we don't like you. <laughs> yeah. No. Nobody likes Cowboys fans. Um, we, we love you, Cowboys fans. Um, but, yes, there was um, several players get franchise tagged. Some that we expected to did not. Um, there are several teams that didn't use their franchise tag, but I'll just give you a quick rundown of all of them. Uh, the Broncos used their fr- franchise tag on safety, Justin Simmons, second year in a row. Absolutely. Uh, the Jets uh, franchise tag safety, Marcus May. Right Wash- number four in his position. The Washington football team, um, Franchise tagged offensive guard Brandon Sheriff. Uh, the Bucks, which is this is a kind of a big one for fantasy. Uh, the Bucks franchise tag Chris Godwin, which means you get another season of Godwin and Tom Brady. Absolutely. Uh, the Jags uh, franchise tagged offensive tackle Cam Robinson. The Giants tagged defensive lineman Leonard Williams. The Bears, this one was shocking to me. The Bears franchise tag wide receiver Allen Robinson. Now, that's a name I'm going to keep my eye on this offseason because if the Bears do not add a quarterback, because if you remember right, Allen Robinson said last year the one thing he wants to go do is play with a real quarterback. So that's a name I'm going to keep my eye on because I could see trade rumors swirling there, or him demanding a trade possibly. Uh, Panthers tagged offensive tackle Taylor Morton, and the Saints tagged safety Marcus Williams. So – do you want to start off with the ones that we expected to happen and, and didn't? Um, the Kenny Galladay's, the Hunter Henry's. Absolutely. those. I mean, those are the two biggest ones. We figured Kenny Galladay and Hunter Henry both would probably stay put with the franchise tag. Aaron Jones was not tagged. Aaron Jones wasn't tagged, but I don't think we're really looking at him to be tagged. We definitely thought that uh, something with the contract would have been worked there with um, with Green Bay, which it sounds like they are under the table yes, still working yes. something with him. Um Kenny Galladay not being franchise tag, that's that's a big one. Um, it already is out that the Dolphins are interested in him. The Dolphins were also interested in Aaron Jones. Looks like the Dolphins are ready to go out and spend some money and get some talent around too and build that team. I mean, that defense was already there. Um, so be a lookout. Uh, Hunter Henry, um, some of the spots he could possibly go is the Jags would need a tight end. Uh, Pittsburgh sounds like they need a tight end again. I don't think they have the cap space, though. New England. Uh, New England would be a big spot for them, depending on where or what quarterback is throwing there. Um, Indy, I think they're still pretty stacked at tight end. Um, But I I think uh, Hunter Henry could be a big name out there. If he goes to a place with a quarterback, that's a name that could be shooting up some uh, rankings quickly or dropping. Walker, I'll ask you because you own him. How should uh, Hunter Henry owners and Dynasty be feeling right now? I don't like it. I wanted him to stay. I, I think I think the Chargers with a young quarterback would have been the best fit for him. Um, I don't and this like is it. not to say he won't be back. Right. It just makes it 
seem a little less likely. Him being a free agent with the other names that are out there, as Kyle Rudolph is also out there, and Zach Ertz is, is available for a, trade. Yeah, he might possibly be a cup candidate too. Um, and then there was another name out there, um, uh, from Johnu Smith. Johnu Smith. There's a lot of big names for tight ends. Hunter Henry demands probably the most money out of all of them. Maybe not Ertz if he does get cut. But I mean, it's it's a big market, and and tight ends landing. Anywhere is always a toss-up because, I mean, he's a top-five tight end in, in, in uh, fantasy most most years, and uh, him going to the wrong spot could drastically change your uh, your lookout on a tight end. Absolutely. So we, what, what Walker and I plan to do this offseason, um, obviously uh, both of us being uh, – we work. Both of us have, have jobs. Both have families, young families. So it'll, it'll be hit and miss, but we tra- we plan on trying to get out two episodes a week to you guys, one being our normal episode and then possibly a shorter episode later in the week to, to just because there's so many moving pieces in the offseason. Absolutely. We got one week until free agency free agency officially opens, then it's, then it's off to pro days being finished up and rankings of all these rookies. So, I mean, a lot of things, a lot of moving pieces coming up. Right. So, again, we did, we did discuss – this is the first episode of season two. Um, so what better way to start than by going over our rookie class? And of course, when you talk about going through a rookie class, even though it's not the sexiest list in the history of, of the NFL draft, we have to discuss our, our quarterbacks. So what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to give a rundown of quarterbacks. We're going to we're going to put down our rankings, how we have them ranked. And then we'll talk about where we want to see them play. And there may even be a player comp or two thrown in there that we, that we see that strikes our eye. Um, so, Walker, I'll ask you, should we start at the bottom of our list and work our way to the top? Or since the, the top doesn't really have much uh, variation either way, should we start at the top? And work our I'll way say we start at the top because I think the bottom is where we're going to be uh, differing a okay. little bit. All right. So, obviously, uh, we, could, we could skip number one because I'm pretty sure anybody who has any inkling of knowledge for fantasy football knows that uh, – Number one quarterback is going to be Trevor Lawrence. However, and I'm not trying to act like I am, there's a lot of NFL scouts and experts that are very close to the situation that say it's pretty evenly split between Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. Um, I didn't watch a lot of Zach Wilson in college and BYU. I've watched some highlights and and some tape. Um, But Trevor Lawrence definitely um, appears to be a game changer. Um, You look at what happened when Trevor Lawrence missed a couple games this year. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence is 6'6", 220 pounds. Uh, he's just built for the NFL. Um, definitely the most hyped candidate that we've had since Andrew Luck, maybe even more touted than Andrew Luck was. Um, obviously, he's probably going to end up in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer, which would be very interesting to see how that shakes out. Um, but, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence was nothing short of impressive in his tenure there at Clemson. 65% completion pass – or uh, compl- Pass completion rate in his three years at, at Clemson. Speaking of completion rate, I, down here every year he improved. His first year he was sixty five point two percent, and then two thousand nineteen he went sixty five point eight percent, and then in twenty twenty, yes, he did miss two games, but he went all the way up to sixty nine percent. So I mean, it shows his improvement every year as he gets more comfortable with the offense. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so. Just in his three years here, if there's a year that stands out to you, Walker, and you want to talk about, that's fine. But in three years, he had, he threw he completed 758 passes um, for a 66.6 um, percent passer rating average, uh, 10,098 yards, 90 touchdowns, the to 17 interceptions. Um, he also ran 231 times for 943 yards, 4.1 yards per carry. 18 touchdowns he added on the ground. So he had 108 responsible touchdowns collegiately in three years at Clemson. Absolutely. Uh, one, one year that does stand out to me is, is 2019. He threw for 3,665 yards. It was also his, a full season. He went all the way national title. I believe they won the title that year. Um, his completion rate was 65.8. He had 36 touchdowns just in that year, and that's the first full season that we got to see. He had 17 sacks, which is crazy with the amount of snaps and everything. Clemson runs that high, high up tempo offense. So with only 17 snap, uh, excuse me, 17 sacks that year, it, it shows his elusiveness. Um, but uh, the eight interceptions, that was his highest year for interceptions, but still 36 touchdowns, eight interceptions. 
pretty good. He also rushed. That was also his main year of rushing, too. He had 103 attempts for 563 yards and nine touchdowns. Um, so, I mean, it shows that in 2019, his first full year in that offense, he got to come out and you, you see what he was able to do. Um, so, I mean, it, it may take him a year to develop fully into the Jacksonville offense, but definitely I think he's going to be your best prospect coming out. Now, one thing that he does lack sometimes and, and he lacks confidence in his arm sometimes. Sometimes he lets the throws get away from him. He's going to have an issue with that in the pros. They're going to they're going to pick him off. So, um, And then also another thing was that I noticed and also was reading about him is his pre-snap decisions are sometimes questioned. Sometimes he'll lock in on his first read and only throw to his first read. So sometimes he lacks that. But really other than that, those really is only, only cons. Another con you could go is the high expectations that everybody has for him. That's another con. But once again, his pros, I mean, his arm talent, his accuracy, his mobility, he doesn't panic when the pass rush is coming. And his winning mentality, he just wins. That's why he's a winning quarterback. Yeah, I, I definitely think that Trevor Lawrence, especially with where that Jacksonville Jaguars team sits as, a, as it is now, there's going to be a, a learning curve in the NFL for Trevor. And I don't necessarily expect Trevor to come out and be a top 10 fantasy quarterback in his first year, maybe not even his second year. I think he's going to have a, uh, what what I'd like to consider, like something very similar to what Josh Allen did. Josh Absolutely. Allen came in, was a little inconsistent. Now all of a sudden Josh Allen is one of the more um, accurate passers in the National Football League. I think Trevor Lawrence – I don't want to paint too broad of a, of a, of a picture here, and I, I, and I don't want to put too high of expectations on here, but a lot of what Trevor Lawrence can do with the ball and his legs reminds me of a Patrick Mahomes. Now, I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence is, is the his, new coming of Patrick Mahomes. I'm Mahomes. Not, and I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes is, is Trevor Lawrence's pro comp. It's hard to put a pro comp on Trevor Lawrence because even Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, none of those guys had – the eyes on him than like Trevor Lawrence has right now. The expectations are so high. Absolutely. If I have the 101 in a dynasty rookie draft, it's Trevor Lawrence. And the reason behind that is I think within a few years, he's going to be the most valuable player in this draft. Absolutely. Um, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is the best prospect since Andrew Luck. I mean, that's maybe, day, maybe even before Andrew Luck. Yeah. I mean, even before, I mean, you're looking at what, then you're going back to what John Elway yeah, and, yeah. and other names like that coming out. Um, I mean, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is by far above, head and shoulders, I think, above the rest of this class. I do think the number two quarterback is slowly creeping up on him. Um, but, uh, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, every, everything points to him being a perfect, uh, good pro. Let's talk about if he goes to Jags. That we both think that's his best yes, fit. That's, that's probably where he's going. Ask, yes. What fantasy impact does that help? With the receivers, you got Chark there, you got Chanel, you got Robinson, you got possibly a new tight end. What do you think of them? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, those guys all had some fantasy relevancy this year um, with the murky quarterback situation there. Obviously, James Robinson was a stud. Um, I think James Robinson val- James Robinson's value only goes up having a more competent quarterback. As long as they don't add another back to correct, compete. Correct, correct. Obviously, same thing with the wide receivers. Their value all should go up as long as they don't add another one. However, I think the expectation of the fantasy relevancy there this year is going to far exceed what happens. So you know personally I'm a, I own LaVisca Chenault in, in our dynasty. Both high on him this past year coming in. Uh, and I'm even more high on him now with the expectation of them getting Trevor Lawrence. However, as, as excited as I've been, I have to dial that back a little bit because, one, Chenault's going into his second year. Whole new play scheme, whole new quarterback. Everything is going to be different in Jacksonville from what it was last year, which is a good thing for guys like LaVisca Chenault and could be a bad thing for TJ, DJ Shark. DJ Shark was Garner Minshew's favorite target. Absolutely. That, there's not going to be a favorite target starting next year. Everybody's starting fresh. So, yes, I think there is going to be a lot of fantasy value there, maybe not immediately, but as, as uh, Trevor and all these guys start to gel and the system starts to, to feel natural to them, you could definitely see a lot of fantasy-relevant games coming out of Jacksonville. I mean, they, and they, they play in an offense or they play in a division 
that has probably one of the most scary secondaries in the NFL when they got to play Indy twice in a year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously you got to see what the, what Trevor Lawrence is going to go out against, you know, and, and those wide receivers are going to be able to do with, with a tough secondary like that. Absolutely. But uh, definitely I think both, I think both wide receivers go up in value. Chark may be just kind of leveled out there. I don't know if his value will rise too much because he's already been what a top 20 wide receiver his first two years. Uh, Chenault, I think, is going to go up, and I think if they add a veteran tight end, I think that guy's going to be have some relevancy. I think he'll definitely be a top tight, top ten tight end next year if they add somebody that's consistently out there, and they're not adding what they have three or four different tight ends they rolled out last year. Here, here's my gutsy call um, before we move on. My gutsy call is if they do not add another running back to that backfield, James Robinson, as long as he stays healthy, will be a top five running back next year. He, his PPR numbers will go up. Um, it's just natural when you get a rookie quarterback in, they look for their safety valves, the tight ends and the running back, running backs. Absolutely. So I look for for James Robinson's value to increase. Now, um, I, I, I think we're both on the same page with Trevor Lawrence across the board. I think we're both going to be on the same page with our number two, Zach Wilson Absolutely. from BYU. Yes. yes. Uh, Zach Wilson, six foot three, two hundred ten pounds, junior out of BYU. Um, Again, I'm going to give out career stats if, if there's a year that st- steps out to you. Uh, 566 uh, completions in his time at BYU, 67.6 pa- uh, completion percentage, 7,652 yards, 56 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. He also ran 212 times, 642 yards on the ground, three point uh, or three three yards per carry, and added 15 touchdowns on the ground. Um, so was responsible for 71 touchdowns in his time there. Um, I know there's a lot of concerns with Wilson. He comes from a very, very, very wealthy family. Um, I've, I've heard people call him lazy, um, uh, bratty personality. Um, a know-it-all. A know-it-all, things that come along with that. Obviously, depending on where Zach ends up, um, hopefully a, a coach or, or offensive coordinator are able to reel that in. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Um, my ideal landing spot for Zach Wilson. Um, yes, I know as a Falcons fan, um, a lot of people are saying it's time to replace Matt Ryan. I just don't think it's the right place for Zach Wilson as much as I would love to see him be a Falcon. I think his best landing spot's the Jets. That's what I have. I have also the Jets at six foot three, two ten. He's got the size of an NFL quarterback, just like Trevor Lawrence. He's a little bit smaller than him, but I mean. Like you said, 67.6% uh, career passing rater there. He was a three-year starter at BYU. Um, I mean, he's he's coming in. He did play lower competition mm-hmm. there, which is always a question mark. Um, but I just – I think the, I think he's got it all. I mean, he, he, he's got a tight spiral. He's got a quick quick fastball, fits the fits the ball into, into tight windows. His accuracy is obviously there at 67%. He's got a great deep ball, great touch pass. He has the athleticism to create time in that pocket, and that's a big thing in the NFL, especially with the pass rushers coming. If he goes to the Jets, whose line is not all there, or maybe he ends up with the Bears somehow, whose line is up and coming – um, I hope to goodness he doesn't end in Seattle because his career is probably over. Um, but uh, yeah, Zach Wilson is, I, th- I think, once again, he's, he's guaranteed to be the number two. Um, 2019, it was, or no, I'm sorry, 2020 was his big year. Uh, 73.5% is what he threw this past year. 3,692 yards. And with a, that's an 11, 11 yard average on every pass. He had 33 touchdowns and three interceptions. That's just a crazy stat right there. He just doesn't turn the ball over. He only had 15 career interceptions. Yeah, well, go back to look, 2019. He threw for 11 touchdowns and nine interceptions. That's a little uh, concerning. Um, still, though, Zach Wilson, in my mind, if he comes out and has the work ethic and just decides he wants to go be the best, wants people to say, well, what was Trevor Lawrence really the number one prospect? He's got a great chance to do so now. I think the Jets are his best fit because I think he can go in and start immediately there. Um, obviously, I know the Jets are the Jets going to stay and, and try Sam Darnold away from Adam Gase. My only issue with sending Zach Wilson to the Jets is if he goes there, the Jets need to make sure they add weapons around him. Um, there's been talks that the Jets may cut Jamison Crowder. Um, Denzel Mims is there. Chris Herndon's there. LaMichael P. Ryan's their best running back right now. There's not a lot of offensive weapons there. 
And what's the number one way to kill a rookie quarterback and ruin their career, but, but, but putting them in a situation where they have no weapons. Absolutely. So, so that's definitely a little bit scary there, but we both are on the same page that the jets are probably his best fit. Um, number three, um, I think we're still on the same wavelength here. Um, for a while, there was talks that this guy might be the number two quarterback after the college football playoffs. Um, I, I don't see him leapfrogging Zach Wilson for me, but Justin Fields is our num- is what I have at number three. You on the same page with Justin Fields? At yeah, I got Justin Fields at number three. Um, six foot three, two hundred twenty eight pounds, junior out of Ohio State. Um, obviously, his his career stats are going to be a little lower because he wasn't a three year starter. I mean, really, it was a, we only got one good year of looking at him this past year. It was a shortened season for Ohio State. So, I mean, yeah, we only had one good year in 2019 and to look at him. And then in 2018, he was a backup there at Georgia before he transferred. Yeah, so his career stats are 423 completions, uh, 68.4% completion rate, uh, 5,701 yards passing, um, 67 touchdowns to nine interceptions, which is absolutely wild. Um, yeah, he rushed 260 times. For 1,133 yards, he averaged 4.4 yards a carry and added 19 touchdowns. So really, when you consider the fact that Justin Fields only really started 18-ish games um, in his career, the 67 touchdowns is wild. And these are good defenses they're playing. I mean, they're playing Michigan, Michigan State, um, you know, Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota, all those big schools there in the Big Ten. And he's really done well. Um, I know one of the con- uh, cons that I've seen against him a lot is that he has a hard time looking past his first read. Yes. He dials in on that first read and he'll force a throw or he'll take off running instead of throwing it to a second or third to option. To a check down, yeah, definitely. That was one of his cons is, 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 is taking the check down routes to the tight end or the running back. But if you're going to survive in the NFL, especially as a rookie, what would you say? Running backs, tight ends are your best friends. I, I think, yeah, I think I, that's, that's his biggest downfall. He also lacks – uh, pocket awareness sometimes when the blitz is coming he doesn't he doesn't try to create extra time he, his, his look is to take off and and run or, or possibly uh, take a deep sack so I mean those are definitely two of his cons but he I mean yeah he's got great great arm accuracy and he's got a very high rushing ability I mean he rushed 260 times in his career for 1133 yards 19 rushing touchdowns that's just I mean that's just I mean he's coming out he's, he, he looks to rush and I think sometimes he's looking to rush prior to prior to tracking it dumping it down um, my best fit I have for him and, and, and it's, it's kind of weird to say is I think Carolina's his best fit he gets a chance to go in there they do have Teddy Bridgewater to help him out to kind of ease him in rather than just toss him in but I mean he's his best weapon there would be a, a check down and, and how do you not check down to Christian McCaffrey so yeah, it, w- it would be his best option but there but he also would have DJ Moore Robbie Anderson, and possibly Curtis Samuel coming back. So, yes, that would be good. This is the first one we differ on. I think Justin Fields' best landing spot would be Denver. Um, obviously, they have Drew Locke there. We haven't seen enough out of Drew Locke to, to, to give him uh, the pass here. Um, but D- he goes to Denver. He's got Jerry Judy. He's got Cortland Sutton. He's got Noah Fant. Um, so, I, I like Denver uh, for Justin Fields, I think, um, it, he, his mobility would work to his favor there as well. Um, and obviously having John Elway to mentor, mentor him, um, would be great. Um, so that's really the first spot we differ. I wouldn't hate Carolina for him. Um, but I also like Denver the most. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, um, another spot that I, I, or I think another spot, I think, I think, this is this next one's where we're going to differ, um, if, if I'm not mistaken, um, at, at number four. Um, so Walker, I'll let you tell people who you have at number four. Um, at number at number four, I have Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Um, at six foot four, two hundred twenty six pounds. Um, his career, he had sixty five point four percent completion, two thousand nine hundred forty seven yards, 30, 30 touchdowns to one interception. That one interception came. This year in the one game that he played, he threw for zero interceptions the year prior. Um, I, I Once again, the small colleges sometimes scare me, but I think that I think that he gets a chance to come in and, and, and a lot of landing spots that I think where he's going to fall is going to allow him to be mentored. Uh, let's go through his – in 2019, in, in his full year, he had a, 
287, or no, I'm sorry, 192 completions, 66.9%. He threw for 2,786 yards, 28 touchdowns to zero interceptions. And he was sacked 12 times in that full year he played. But he also rushed for 169 yards, 169 attempts, 1,100 yards, and 14 more touchdowns. So I think Trey Lance, his, his speed is there. Um, his accuracy is there. He definitely needs some development in the pros. That's where that's who I have at number four. All right, so um, I, I have Trey Lance at five, so we can finish Trey Lance out here. Um, I, the one thing I like a lot about Trey Lance is that he is a guy that they're, they're, the expectation shouldn't be through the roof for him his, his rookie season. He should definitely be a kid that a team drafts behind a, a quarterback that's on their way out. Uh, I think we're in agreement here. I, I think Trey Lance's best fit is Atlanta. Absolutely. I think he I comes that. in and learns from Matt Ryan for a season or two. Hopefully um, Matt leaves under Matt's terms. Um, but I, I think Trey Lance would be greatly benefit from sitting behind, you know, a Matt Ryan or, or you know, whether he goes to Detroit and sits behind Jared Goff for a year and then the Lions wash their hands of Goff. There's a lot of spots where Trey Lance could go and it would be great. Now, I will also say there's some spots that Trey, if Trey Lance goes to, it makes me ex- extremely nervous. If Trey Lance goes someplace where he has to be the day one starter, um, my my uh, my perception and my my um, my thoughts, at least of him having a successful career, decrease. Absolutely, um, because I could see him coming in and having a Dwayne Haskins um, rookie season, and then you know, hopefully, if he doesn't get himself into trouble, Dwayne Haskins would still be in the league, uh, but. Uh, I, I definitely think Trey Lance is going to need some time to develop. Um, the size is great. The mobility is great. The arm strength is great. Um, he just needs that time to learn. And a, a, a knock I have against him is who have we really seen him play? Right. You know, um, you look at the last big quarterback we had come from from North Dakota, it was Carson Wentz. Right. And granted, Carson Wentz has shown greatness, um, but he's also had a lot of – Terrible. Um, you know, I know everybody points to that. Well, that one year Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate. Well, he got hurt. So we'll never know whether he's going to finish as an MVP candidate or not. Um, Trey Lance needs to come in and be given tons of leash. Um, if he does go someplace where he's going to be a starter, they need to commit to him and give him the opportunity to make mistakes and, and let him uh, learn from those mistakes and have opportunities to redeem himself. Um, but, but that's, those reasons are the reasons I have him at, at number five instead of number four. Okay. Absolutely. Oh uh, yeah. So, so our top four right now is, I mean, we got Trevor, we got, uh, the Wilson fields and then Trey. I, I have Trey, Trey Lance. Lance is the round. So who do you have at number four? My number four is Mac Jones. I have him down here at number five. So the reason I uh, Mac Jones is a six foot three, two hundred fourteen pound junior out of Alabama. There's two things I love about Mac Jones. Number one thing is that Mac Jones had every opportunity to transfer out when he was behind. Um, he was behind Tua, and he was behind. Anyway, he sat behind. <laughs> sat behind. Uh, well, he sat behind a couple people on the depth chart. And instead of getting in the transfer portal and leaving. He stuck it out. He learned the system, and he made it to where he was somebody you couldn't sit. In his one full season at Alabama, he had he threw for four hundred or threw four hundred and thirteen completed passes, seventy four point three percent completion rate, six thousand one hundred twenty six yards of passing, fifty six touchdowns to seven interceptions. He was the leading reason Devonta Smith won the Heisman. And he just does things the right way. Mac Jones, another thing I really like about Mac Jones is he went to the Senior Bowl this year, mm-hmm. which he went and, and, again, was going in as the fifth, possibly sixth best, pro- best prospect and did exactly what Justin Herbert did the year before. Laser show, making right reads, answering questions right, just doing all things right. And – Matt Jones, um, the reason I have him in front of Trey Lance, and the number one reason is that Matt Jones is ready to start week one in the NFL. And I think, for my money, if I would could place Matt Jones on a, on a proper team, 
I would like to see Mac Jones end up in New England with Bill Belichick. That's exactly where I have him too. I think that's definitely a good spot. I mean, Mac Jones is coming from a pro system. He's he's played against pro competition all year and in the little bit of work that he got last year too. Um, he's He definitely showed out in the senior bowl, like you already said. He played with multiple NFL talented wide receivers there. So, I mean, that does help him. That's the only reason I think I kind of have him. And back an in NFL offensive line. And, yeah, and a line. That's the, and, and so – I mean, I think him going straight into New England gives him the chance. There's already you've seen Belichick and Saban kind of connection there. They're they're buddies. They talk about football, you know. And I think Mac Jones going to New England and being the instant day one starter there, even if he's not, even if he comes in and sits behind Cam Newton for a game because that's about the only time that Cam Newton might be able to beat him out is after the first game. But I, I just think Mac Jones going into that system really can – put New England back in the conversation of a contending team. Absolutely. Um, they got some young wide receivers there. No standouts, but he, when's the last time that Bill Belichick really had a standout? Yes, he had Randy Moss one year. He's always had Edelman. Edelman might not be there anymore. So it might be time for Belichick to really look back and go, I think it's time to restart and and get my get my quarterback to rebuild this franchise on. And I think Mac Jones is the guy to do it. This He went 56 touchdowns to seven interceptions – so, I mean, that's just crazy right there. So, I mean, he doesn't turn the ball over. His first year where he only threw it 141 attempts, he had three interceptions. This year he had 402 attempts, four interceptions. That's just crazy to see. Uh, you know, I, the one knock I'd say against Mac Jones is he kind of goes away from the, the – the, breaks the mold of where we're going with quarterbacks. You want a, a mobile athletic guy. Um, he, he ran the ball 54 times for 42 yards and two scores. So he's not the most mobile guy. So if he gets gets drafted to a spot where there's not a good offensive line, I, I do worry that he might struggle a little bit. Um, but nonetheless, I have Mac Jones at four and Trey Lance at five. So to round out our top five, my top five is Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. Then where we differ is I have Mac Jones at four, Trey Lance at five. You're the same as mine except for you have Trey Lance and Mac Jones flipped. Correct. And I, and I think that's pretty much – even keel with where everybody else sits on that too. Um, number six, I think we're both going to be in agreement here uh, is Kyle Trask, the six foot five, 240 pound senior from Florida. Um, great senior year. Um, there, there, there's really not a whole lot to beat, beat on with Kyle Trask here. 522 completions in his college career, 67.9% completion pet, uh, rating, uh, 7,386 yards, 69 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. He also ran the ball 132 times for 54, 54 yards, averaging 0.4 yards per carry and adding eight touchdowns. So 77 touchdowns to 15 turnovers. Pretty good stats um, coming out of another big school that plays the Georgias and the Alabamas and the, the SEC. Um, as a Mizzou fan, I've unfortunately gotten to witness how good Kyle Trask is a couple of times. Um Kyle Trask, I have Kyle Trask's best fit as Chicago. Um, there's there's weapons in place there. Um, Chicago needs a, a franchise quarterback. Um, the answer is obviously not Mitch Trubisky. The answer is obviously not Nick Foles. Um, so I, I think Kyle Trask could go in there, and it'd be nice to have a veteran like Nick Foles there that could, could help him out. Um, I, I just think that Kyle Trask – uh, has all the arm strength tools that you would look for to, for a guy that could go in and, and play in Chicago. Granted, Chicago is windy. Um, wind affects, you know, quarterbacks quite mightily. And I, I just think Kyle Trask could be a guy that goes in and dominates in that system. Absolutely. I have Kyle Trask. His best fit is either New England or Washington. Um, Washington being the number one best fit for him in my mind. I think he gets a chance to go in there. They got uh, the was it Tyler Henneke that they just resigned? Taylor. Taylor Henneke that they just resigned there. So he doesn't have to immediately impact that team, but that team has Antonio Gibson in place. They have um, uh, Scary Terry there. They have some weapons. They've got young the guys. They have a uh, yeah. They have a tight end there. Uh, Why is his name eluding me right now? I, I don't know. Uh, Logan Thomas. Yes, they, they have are. Logan Thomas. They have young guys there. They have an uh, up and building team. They have one of the best defenses that are coming out of nowhere. And I, I just think Kyle Trask will be a guy that he could go into go into Washington, 
and just manage the game. It was what Ron Rivera needs as a quarterback that could just manage the game and let his defense really handle it. And, I mean, obviously, I mean, with 7,000 yards in his career, he can obviously move that football pretty good. Um, another not, I mean, another good thing for him is, like you said, he doesn't really turn the ball over either against pro-style defenses with 15 total interceptions in his two years as a starter there at um, at Florida. Um, so I think if, if Washington, I think Washington is going to take this guy. I think they definitely need to add another wide receiver to to help him produce. But I think that Kyle Trask may be his best place, maybe Washington to move forward. Okay, so we both have Kyle Trask at six. Uh, at number seven, I have Kellen Mond, the six foot three, two hundred seventeen pound senior from Texas A and M. Mond uh, threw, completed eight hundred and one passes for fifty nine percent completion percentage, nine thousand six hundred sixty one yards, seventy one touchdowns to twenty seven interceptions. Uh, he ran the ball four hundred thirty eight times for sixteen hundred eight yards, three point seven yards per carry for another twenty two touchdowns. Kellen Mond was a guy that started as a freshman, a true freshman at Texas A&M. So, yes, his, his turnover rate's a little worse than these other guys, but he also had a huge learning learning curve. There's not a lot of freshmen that start uh, for these schools, and, and, and Texas A&M is, is, is no slouch school. Um, Kellen Mond is very mobile. Um, the, the one big knock I have on Kellen Mond is that he throws the ball uh, into a lot of tight coverage, a lot of, a lot of places where he shouldn't be throwing the ball. Um, but I actually have Kellen Mond as a as a perfect fit in Washington because he could be Ron Rivera's Cam Newton 2.0. Uh, very similar skill set to Cam Newton. Um, my, maybe a slightly better passer coming out of college than Cam Newton was, um, but very good with his feet, just like Newton. And Ron Rivera would certainly know how to coach Kellen Mond um, the same way he coached Cam Newton. So Kellen Mond is is – in my mind, if I could place him on a team, it would be Washington. Okay. Yeah, I got Kellen Mond. I think his best fit might be Denver or Chicago. Um, Chicago gives him a, re- a chance to sit back, learn the system, and, and sit behind Nick Foles and, and learn how the NFL really works. His completion percentage was only 59% in his career. That's kind of low. Um, but I think, I think once again, either Chicago or Denver gives him a chance to sit back, let coaching, you know, let the coaches work with him, get that percentage back up, and then before they just push him straight out, a late-round draft pick on Kellen Mond wouldn't be the worst thing for almost any team in the NFL to have a, a good backup ready to go that could possibly, after week six, week seven, learning the system and getting a chance to step in, could possibly take over a starting role. Absolutely. Um, at number eight, I have Jamie Newman, the six foot four, 230-pound senior from the University of Georgia who never took a snap for the University of Georgia. I uh, played four years at Wake Forest. It was going to be a grad transfer to Georgia and then sat out due to the COVID. Um, but uh, Jamie Newman threw, completed 306 passes for a 60.5% completion rate, uh, 3,959 yards passing, 35 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, ran the ball 245 times uh, for 826 yards, 3.4 yards a carry, uh, added 10 touchdowns on the ground. Um, Jamie Newman's one that's definitely going to have to be able to sit and, and learn. Um, there's not a lot of great places for Jamie Newman to go. But the, actually, him and the next two I have, there's not a lot of great places because I don't think they should go in and be day one starters. Um, I, I actually had um, Newman written down that I'd like to see go to Indy um, prior to Carson Wentz being traded there. Um, I just think that Frank Wright would have been a good guy to work with Jamie Newman. I actually had another player that I'd like to see go there. Um, but obviously with uh, the Carson Wentz trade, that changes things. Um, Jamie Newman's going to be a guy that needs to come in and be a backup. So the best spot for him that I would see is Tampa Bay. Yeah. A late draft pick from Tampa Bay for Jamie Newman. Could sit behind the greatest quarterback of all time for a year. Um, learn that play system and then possibly be a starter if uh, Tom Brady retires after next year. My fingers are crossed extremely tight. Um, but I, I just think Jamie Newman's going to be a guy that needs mo- maybe even more than one or two years to, to sit and learn. Um, uh, realistically, after the top seven, even even the top seven's questionable. I'm not sure Kellen Mond could be a starter um, it, right out the gates. But these last these last three guys definitely are going to need some time to sit. So, so I think Jamie Newman – would be a good spot for 
go to Tampa Bay and learn from uh, Tom Brady. Absolutely. I have, I have uh, Jamie Newman as my number 10 here. Um, and he, uh, he would definitely be a, a good fit to sit behind somebody and learn. I think one of the best places may be Detroit. Give him a chance to sit those two – I think it's two years left that Goff has on his contract. Let Goff run your team. Start to rebuild. Get your quarterback now late in the draft. See if this isn't the guy that you're looking for moving forward. I mean, he's got he's got mobility. He's got, you know, good good uh, good stats coming out. Um, he could be the guy that, that Detroit w- looks for moving forward. That's where I have a lot of these next ones going is, is places like Detroit, Tampa Bay, Indy. Good places to sit in the backup, but the Indies, Indy might already have their backup quarterback they drafted last year. They just Jacob don't trust Eason. him. Correct. Yeah, they just don't trust him yet. So I, I think that these, like I said, these next three, I think we differ quite a bit. I think a little, or, I just think that they they have to go into a backup role. Yeah, I, I mean, I think our rankings are going to be slightly different, but these last three, I, I would be comfortable moving them anyway, either way, anywhere in my rankings in the bottom three. And, and call it good. So who do you have at, at number eight if it's not Jamie Newman? At number eight, I have uh, Ian, Ian Brock or Ian Book going from the University of Notre Dame. I always mess that up. Um, he's from Notre Dame. I just think that he he has um, the, the capability. He's been playing in the ACC this past year, had a, had a very good year um, coming out. I just think that he will um, be able to come in and and, and be, a, be, a, uh, be a good backup quarterback to – um, to any of these teams that he gets a chance to sit behind. But as we all see, Notre Dame quarterbacks don't really make it in the NFL. No, no they the sure don't. I actually have Ian Book outside of my top 10. I'm, I, I'm just not sold on his ability. Um, it, it's unfortunate that he's already a senior. I'd, I'd like to see um, – I, I, I wish he was only a junior so he could go back and prove it one more year, but that's obviously not uh, going to happen. I, I have him outside of my top 10. I mean, he had uh, – a 63.8 career percentage. Uh, he had 8,948 yards. Uh, the one year that we're just going to go over is last year where he played in the ACC. He had uh, 64.6%. He, he threw for 2,830 yards, 15 touchdowns and three interceptions. And he also rushed uh, 116 times for 485 yards and nine touchdowns. So he has the mobility. But once again, the, once again, like we've already said, these, these bottom three, they have to go somewhere to – to uh, learn the system and, and before they're ready to go. So my best landing spot, it will be once again, either in Detroit, Indy, Tampa Bay, somewhere where he's got a chance to sit behind. All right. Yeah. Uh, my number nine is Felipe Franks, uh, six foot six, 228 pounds. He's a senior from Arkansas. Um, Ar- he played his last season in Arkansas. He also played and started several games uh, at Florida the year prior. Um, 530 completions, 6,000 uh, yards passing 50 or 6,700 yards passing 55 touchdowns to 21 interceptions uh, ran the ball 294 times uh, 642 yards on the ground uh, average 2.2 yard to carry and nine touchdowns um, Felipe Franks is another one um, that for me uh, I, I don't know if I ever see him being more than a career backup at best um, but there's there's always the possibility when you have a guy that's mobile and can throw the ball somewhat effectively to, to become more um, than what they are. If you remember several years ago when Dak Prescott was drafted from Mississippi State, uh, most folks didn't think he'd amount to anything. Um, and, and you know, he came out and, and just signed a record-setting contract. Um, so uh, I really don't have one spot that I'd like to see Felipe Franks land on. I think it's going to be a situation where if he lands someplace, you just hope that there's somebody he can learn from for a few years and then maybe gets a shot somewhere down the road and makes the most of it. But I have Felipe Franks at nine. Um, I actually have him outside my top 10. So, I mean, at, at, at number nine, I would have uh, Sam Ellinger, which I believe you have at number 10, correct? I do. So we'll just, I mean, so Felipe, I really don't have a whole lot on. Um, so let's jump into Sam Sam Ellinger from Texas. I think with Sam Ellinger, he has a, he's a six foot three, two hundred twenty five pound uh, QB from like I said Texas. He has a very good opportunity of possibly coming out and maybe being the Dak Prescott of this draft. He's shown some some spark of being a a, gr- a great quarterback. Um, I just don't think he's he's pro ready. But once again, this is another guy that could come out 
and 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 prove us all wrong. He threw for eleven thousand yards and ninety four touchdowns in his collegiate career. Um, he has a lot of passing attempts. He also rushed for uh, uh, thirty three touchdowns. Yeah, he rushed thirty three touchdowns and nineteen and nineteen hundred yards. So I mean, he does have the mobility to get out of the pocket and senses the pressure. This guy right here, I think, is 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 a backup and could possibly see a chance to start, if not this year, but maybe next. Um, I think he should he should probably be a little higher, but he's also shown a lot of inconsistencies. Uh, twenty inter, twenty seven interceptions in his career. Um, he had 10, 10 interceptions in two thousand nineteen. So I mean, it's just it's it's it all depends on his fit. And and I just he never really played with a pro. Pro number one wide receiver. He played with a bunch of guys that yeah, he had. Colin Johnson, who was a true number one last year, who ended up in Jacksonville as well. That's correct. Yes. Um, Sam Ellinger for me, uh, my my biggest knock is that he didn't go and declare last year. If he declares last year, he's probably a top five prospect in last year's draft class. Um, he just didn't do enough to help himself this year. Didn't do a whole lot to hurt himself either. But some other guys had great great seasons this year and were able to leapfrog him. Um, Sam Ellinger is like the one out of the bottom three here that I really think could be a good NFL quarterback. Um, he's got the mobility. He's got the arm strength, obviously. And if he goes someplace like Chicago late, um, he could end up being the steal of the draft in my mind for, for a quarterback or for a team that needs a quarterback. Um, I, I don't know about you, Walker, but from a fantasy standpoint, after – Kyle Trask might even be a stretch, but after Kyle Trask, do you see yourself in, in a, our four-round, for example, four-round rookie draft with 10 teams? Do you see Kellen Mond, Jamie Newman, Felipe Frank, Sam Ellinger, or Ian Book being drafted? No, I don't I don't see any of them being drafted. And another name that might not even be drafted, depending on his landing spot, is, is Mac Jones. All right, Mac Jones and Kyle Trask may not even be drafted in our four-round with the amount of wide receivers that are coming out and, and decent tight ends that are coming out. And then also you're, you got your list of running backs that everybody hopes to hit their diamonds in the rough. I think really outside of your top four of, of you know, Trevor and – Well, now Felix, my, my top four would have Mac Jones. Well, outside of the top five then, um, I just I, – Mac Jones I think gets drafted. Kyle Trask I still don't – I don't know. I'm not sold completely on him getting drafted in those four rounds. So outside of – let's take Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Justin Fields out of this equation altogether. Which one of the bottom five, six guys do you think could come in and actually have fantasy relevancy this first year? His first year. So you're taking out Fields, Wilson, and Lawrence, correct? I, Mac Jones, if he gets in the right spot. Um, another one is uh, I think Trey Lance. I think just with his mobility, he could possibly have a fantasy impact. Um, but for his sake, I hope he doesn't because I hope he gets a chance to learn. And see, the, the mobility with, with Trey Lance is great and all, but there's several other guys on this list that are mobile as well. Um, I, I And, again, I think he really needs to sit and, and learn. But I think Mac Jones and Kyle Trask could have more immediate value for fantasy than than Trey Lance does. Now, now, granted, if I'm in a dynasty league where we have where there's a taxi like we do, I'd much rather own Trey Lance than Kyle Trask. But I think if if there's no taxi and I'm picking up somebody that I need to possibly play this year, I'm going to bank more on Kyle Trask um, than I would Trey Lance for for value sake this year. Sam Ellinger is another one. Yes, I have him ranked at number ten, but if he goes to the right system where he's going to be a starter possibly early he's very intriguing to me as well absolutely all right so let's take this you got trevor lawrence going to the jags is your ideal spot um wilson going to the jets i believe is what you also have uh you have fields going to denver denver so and then you have lance going to atlanta, atlanta. and mac jones new england so the only one we differ on is is fields and you have denver there correct all right so those five Actually, we're going to take Trevor Lawrence out because he should be the 101. Neither one of us own it. If you have the 101 and you need a QB, this is your guy. Even if you don't need a QB, this is your guy, is Trevor Lawrence. Let's take those other four. Which one would you rather own in Dynasty, in a Dynasty League? So which one do you think has the longer career if they go to your projected landing spots? So obviously it's hard not to say Zach Wilson, but I'm not going to say Zach Wilson because I don't like the weapons – in New York as it stands. If it goes the way I have it, Justin Fields to Denver would be the one I would want um, just because the weapons already exist there. Um, th there's already a, a system in place um, for him to, to, to thrive and be the guy. Um, it, it, it's Justin Fields for me, followed closely by Mac Jones in New England. 
Yeah, my, my two right there are um, Zach Wilson is obviously the obvious one that you should want to own. I just think that his his draft value is going to be too high in a lot of them. And I, I mine are Trey Lance and Mac Jones. Trey Lance going to Atlanta, I absolutely would love him being there. Learn behind Matt Ryan. He gets Calvin Ridley there. You know, he possibly might have a year or two still with Julio Jones if he takes over. And then Mac Jones in New England, I just think Mac Jones instantly goes in and, and, be, and could become that starter there. Uh, Trey Lance is the one that I'm really looking at, though, especially if you have a taxi squad. You get Trey Lance, you get a chance to just sit him there on your taxi, not wasting any spots on your roster, and just let him learn in Atlanta. I just I, I like your system down there in Atlanta, and I, and your receiving core is always one of the top well, notches. So. Well, we don't know what the system's going to be in Atlanta because we have a new coach coming in. So you guys always seem to make it work. We de- we do seem to make it work, but uh, again, that changes with the changing of the guard. We had a lot of bad years uh, prior to Matt Ryan, in between Matt Ryan and Mike Vick. So um, I know a lot of people want to see Justin Fields come to Atlanta. He's from Georgia, um, but you know, again, if, if Atlanta drafts a quarterback, for my money, it's got to be Trey Lance. So we can sit behind, for a year behind Matt Ryan, um, but um, nonetheless. Pretty talented group of quarterbacks coming out this year. I'd say it's a little deeper than last year's even, um, even with the emergence of Jalen Hurts and, you know, Ben DiNucci. Um, but um, it'll be interesting to see, to, to go back and look at these notes and things where where we like guys after the draft because that bottom, those, you know, the Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, Jamie Newman, Felipe Frank, Sam Ellinger could be completely different after we see where the draft shakes out and things of that nature. Um, so, so the plan moving forward, at least not to t- totally get off key here is we're going to try to put out an episode later this week where we break down the free agents cl- class a little bit before free agency starts. Um, and the next week we'll be back doing the top 10 running backs, Absolutely. Um, which should take us a little bit more work on our end because <laughs> it's a little, th- this year's running back class Walker and I've had this conversation a lot. There's three names that are just stellar and then it's a drop off, big drop off. But it's still a deep running back class. Absolutely. It's just not deep with a bunch of talent like last year's was. Right. It's deep. It is deep with a bunch of talent, but not a bunch of instant talent. <clears throat> Excuse me, like last year's was. So the running back episode will be interesting, and then the receiver episode the week after is going to be jam packed. We might have to push that to fifteen or twenty guys uh, and, and shorten how long we talk about them because there's it's such a deep wide receiver yeah. class the wide receivers are, are just just crazy deep coming out this year you have so many that are top talented so yeah that may end up having us break down a couple episodes but then once we get through the the, the running backs the tight the running backs the wide receivers and possibly the tight ends which we will hit the tight ends we're going to break down where some of these free agents ended up landing and everything else free agency opens uh march 15th is the tampering period and they can sign the 17th you can sign the 17th so like i said we're gonna try to get another episode out to you this week talking about the guys that are out there, your Kenny Gallaudets, your Aaron Jones, where we want them to go, where their best fit might be, or if we think they maybe should have just stayed home where they are, which is always a possibility of still happening. Yeah, so that's what you got looking forward to us coming up. Obviously, after the NFL draft takes place, there'll be some more. We'll go back into the rookies quite a bit. Um, but we're, we're going to try to put out as much information to you guys this offseason as we can. So stay tuned. Stay hungry. Stay fat, my friends. <laughs>